I'm Danita, and I'm here to question the other side of life with you, to show how exploring the shadow can be painful, but also sexy. We ask our listeners to unravel parts of themselves they try to hide, and this can be scary, and also bring moments of revelation and elation. In the next 15 to 20 minutes, we are going to question and move through fear and some avant-garde ideas that might make you feel rage, grief, sadness, and also joy. I'm going to share insights and personal experiences about how I've been embracing the dark so I can live in my light. Welcome to the other side. Hey, Jen. Hi, Danita. How are you today? Oh, I'm feeling great today. Every day that I wake up and know that I'm going to talk to you is a good day in my books. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I wake up with a spring in my step. It's like wake up and just think, yes, I can't wait to talk about core wounds. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to dive into my deepest, darkest shadow work with Danita. (laughs) Yes, but I feel like you do it in a way that always makes me feel comfortable. And although it may be painful at times or it's difficult to look at the self, it's always worth it in the long run. It is worth it. And that brings me to what we're going to talk about today. We are going to look at core wounds, but we're going to look at inner work and how it improves intimacy in relationships. This is very interesting. So how inner work improves intimacy. Missy in relationships. I'm just going to start by just saying like a couple of different things that when you start doing your inner work, your shadow core wound work, you know, it can be overwhelming and you're thinking, why am I even doing this? What is the point? I mean, I talk about this all the time, but I'll say it again. The very first thing is that that it just increases self-awareness. The minute you start going into yourself and start looking at who you are, then it really just starts encouraging you to explore like different thoughts and feelings and patterns that you've had in your behavior. And then it just gives you a deeper understanding of who you are. I'm going to tell you the very first time that I started to even think about who I was and how I was acting around like the partner I was with. I like the sounds of this. I was maybe 21 or 22 we were in his mom's kitchen and he was like six or seven years older than me. And we were in his mom's kitchen and we're cooking some food. And I actually touched his back in a very like nonchalant way. And he looked at me and said, that is the very first time you've ever done that in a year and a half. In a year and a half, I had never like casually just given him like a rub on his back. And he was like, In the kitchen with the mom, in public, like in public, we would hold hands and stuff. But I mean, more in just a like, even if it was just him and I, like, I mean, obviously there was like sexual encounters and there was intimacy in that way, but just casual intimacy outside of sex. I had never actually witnessed it in my life. I didn't actually give it. Was he taken aback by his, by the back touch? (laughs) And he was like, oh my gosh, I really like it. Like, can you can you do that? <laughs> but maybe it's like physical touch isn't really your thing. But he was just even creating awareness of the fact of how I was acting around my partner. Like, I didn't even know that I didn't do that. To be clear, had he done it to you, like maybe touched your shoulder or your back? Like, yes, yeah, so he had shown 
affection to you, but you had never reciprocated or gone out of your way to do it yourself. And I didn't even know that I wasn't doing it. That was like one of my first like, whoa, okay, like I need to see how I'm acting around the other person. (laughs) I was 21, so I was pretty old, but at the same time, I think I was young. So I don't really know about the age part, but it was more just like, okay, who am I in this relationship? And what is my partner like? What hints are they giving me that I'm not even (laughs) paying attention to? And what, how did you start that process? I think 21, I mean, it depends, right? There's so many different, age is difficult, right? Because of life experiences and levels of maturity. But at 21, you're obviously self-aware. How did you then start looking within yourself to think, well, why is it the first time in a year and a half? And what did you find out? And right then I just thought, oh, well, I guess I'll just touch him more. Like it was no big deal. I didn't really think about why I wasn't doing that. So really what happened there is a little, a few years later, I was thinking about it and I thought, you know what? It was one that I'd never been demonstrated it. But two, I was also kind of waiting for rejection. Like if I did it, would it be rejected? Would it be accepted? Would I, would it be loved? Would it not be? Is it something that I should do? Is it not something I should do? It was kind of uncertainty and insecurity surrounding that affection in public and whether or not it would be accepted. This makes perfect sense. You reach out, do the touch. He shivers away, coils back. (laughs) How do you live with yourself? How do you live with yourself after that? And then I'm going to say another one. And this one has more just to do with my own self-awareness just in general. I was sharing a condo with my girlfriend and we were, I was about the same time. I was maybe 20. I would put my mouth guard on the counter in a bowl or anything. I would just like, I'd want to eat. And I was wearing a retainer mouth guard thing. And I would just put it on the counter. And she came home one day and she's like, okay, you've been doing this for a couple of weeks. It's disgusting. Like you can't do this. And I was just like, what, what, what's wrong with it? I had no idea. You were comfortable. You have, I mean, I was comfortable with it. But what I'm saying is that I would didn't know how I was affecting the people around me. Like I didn't even, I didn't take into consideration that a mouth guard has germs on it. I'm putting it on a counter. I'm living with someone, whether or not it was a roommate or in a relationship with a partner, whichever one it was, I'm living with someone and they think what I'm doing is gross, but I don't even know it. And I'm not picking up the cues that this is gross. I'm glad she told you. See, that's good on her part, right? Because a roommate situation, they could keep it to themselves, just talk badly about you behind your back, complain to her mom on the phone in the next room, right? That was nice that she let you know that it was bothering her. (laughs) And she let me know. And then what happened is when I had that self-awareness, it was like, okay, I get it. And then I started talking to her about it. And then she was able to share more of her thoughts on it and her emotions and what she was thinking about it. And then I was able to share what I actually thought about it, which I didn't think it was a big deal, but it was for her. Yeah, it was for her. Now on that note, right? So it's like, this is interesting because some things are big deals or triggers or bothersome, annoying behaviors to people about other people. And it may not be a big deal with another person. Do you know what I mean? Like perhaps you, a year down the road, you move in with someone new, you toss the mouth guard on the table. They toss their mouth guard on the table. That's what they do too, right? It's difficult because each person reacts to behavior different ways as well. A hundred percent. I agree. And then I think what happens there is what she did by talking to me about it was just open up 
that possibility for understanding and creating more of an intimate relationship between the two of us. And we're like, hey, we can communicate about this and we can just share our feelings. And I can either say, hey, this is what I feel and I'm going to do it because I want to, or I get what you're saying. I can make a choice and I can set a boundary. And she can also set a boundary. She has that, that moment to set a boundary of, hey, like, I don't want this in my house. <laughs> that's the key. That's the ticket is that she opened up the conversation to allow your relationship to grow in a better way instead of just keeping it to herself and going on with it and being annoyed with you. And you would have never known. Both of those situations brought up my time for self-reflection and where I could go into, okay, what am I accepting about myself? What do I love about myself? How aware am I about myself? When I bring that into my relationship with my partner, I can then offer them this sense of security and assurance in this intimate relationship that I am there to hear what they're saying. Yes, there and open, right? Open to hear and open, being receptive. They can feel it. If there is something that they need to bring up, you are like, open arms. Here I am. Let's talk about it open arms. And then what does that do that promotes like trust in the relationship? And once we start having trust in our relationship and it opens the door to you feeling vulnerable, and that is the biggest one. When you can feel vulnerable in your relationship, that opens the patterns of communication and it opens your ability to be able to be self-aware in your relationship. So vulnerability breeds trust or builds to trust? I think they go hand in hand. So your ability to vulnerable promotes trust, improves trust, improves communication, but also your ability to trust can allow someone else to be vulnerable. Can I ask you a question then if you flip it? And so you are, let's say you're in the situation where there is something, whether it be a roommate or a partner that you want to bring up and you go ahead and share, hoping, right, that this is good. This is going to open up communication. It's going to open up the trust situation and the person does not receive it well. Yeah. And that's something you can't really control that, right? You can't control if the, the other person's going to be open and receptive to what you're saying and your comments. It's also what the, what you can control is how you have that conversation with them, but you can also look at, and if you were both to talk about it, you could look at it and say, okay, like, where's this actually coming from? Are you embarrassed? Okay. Where does this stem from? Does this stem from a core wound of humiliation in the past? And now I've just brought up something and you felt shame and embarrassed. Now you're feeling vulnerable that I'm judging you and that I'm not accepting you for everything that you are, mouth guard and all. It can go down this crazy rabbit hole of where that comes from and how come the reaction is as strong as it is if it were to come to that. But either way, it allows a rabbit hole or not, that's a good rabbit hole to go down because then you can just continue to improve the relationship that way, right? There doesn't seem to be a, there's no a right or wrong situation in the sense that it is important to bring things up on both sides and have those conversations because rabbit hole or not, it probably is really beneficial for the relationship in the long run. It's beneficial in it. And then it also just does things like it starts emotional healing, your own emotional healing, and then emotional healing within the relationship. So if it were something a little bit more significant, there's a book called We Divorced Over the Dishes. Basically, it's it might be the dishes and the dishes might be the catalyst to allow for some emotional healing when you actually have started doing your own inner work. And how come the dishes bother you so much? One way or the other, 
It's not about the dishes. The point is it can be something so minor that can either open communication, but it can also reveal how a person is truly feeling inside and how they're being triggered and impacted by something as basic as the dishes. Exactly. It's not about the dishes. By doing this inner work, you start doing things like you can improve your emotional connection because once you start understanding yourself, you can start having empathy for how your partner is feeling. And hopefully they're on the same journey as you or their own journey at the same time as you. And you're both doing your inner work. And then you can have more clarity within your relationship. Actually, like one of the greatest things is that it also expands your pleasure potential. When you start doing your inner work, these emotional blocks that you have, and then the self-awareness and self-love and self-acceptance that you're cultivating really allow for you to have these conversations and communicate with your partner, like what you might be needing intimately, hence the back rub. But I mean, even more than that, like in the bedroom, what, or maybe out of the bedroom, whatever it is that you're looking for with this heightened emotional awareness and acceptance of who you are, your pleasure potential increases. And so does your partner's. And then that just creates more intimacy with between the two of you. And just better feelings overall in the relationship. This is right. This only good can come from it. Feeling good on the inside. Feeling good on the inside, feeling like you can trust and be vulnerable and open. Like we just said, you know, that really improves your comfort level in expressing your desires and your needs and the boundaries that you need. Today was truly just about like how inner work can really just start by creating this awareness of who we are in the relationship and how we can start cultivating trust and vulnerability and open that lines of communication so that we can create boundaries, have heightened sensations and emotions and pleasure. Thank you, Danita. Let's get out there and share our thoughts and share the love. Share the love, Jen. (laughs) Thank you, Danita. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. It is my mission to help as many people as possible explore the other side of life, to find awareness in their truth and learn to love where they are at and discover where they can go. So if you found support and guidance in any way today, I would love to hear from you. The best way is to simply share your love by leaving me a comment on whatever platform you are tuning in from. I will be reading every single one of them. Or you can connect with me on YouTube where I share healing sound meditations. And you can always learn more about me, my services, and what it is I do at www.gypsyheart.ca. That's www.gypsyheart.ca. I can't wait to connect again soon.